I can't believe, I cannot believe that you stood me up. I stood you up? Yeah, where were you, Liz Elko? Where the bloody hell were you? When was this? I waited outside the pub, <laughs> outside the hand of Sean. Oh, God, that's not a pub I'd go into. Ooh. For about an hour. In fact, it was an hour and five minutes. Mm, precise. Where were you? <clears throat> when was this exactly? Last night. Oh, last night. Okay. Um, I was at um, something really important. I'm really sorry. I couldn't miss it. It was sort of, you know, life-threateningly important. The women's wrestling. <laughs> I just can't miss it. Not for a moment. Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I, just... <laughs> Are we? Oh, yeah, because I've got this planned. It, would, it wouldn't have been so embarrassing, but you said that we were going to go in fancy dress. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. the penguin outfit you mentioned. I'm sorry. And I was the only one standing outside the pub with all the smokers, outside, dressed like a penguin. Outside the hand of Sean. Outside the hand of Sean, which on a Thursday night is, is in Peterborough, is not the place oh, where you want God. to be. No, it's already not. No. It's, it's unhygienic is the hand of Sean, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> I cannot believe that you stood me up. Well, I just can't resist ladies covered in mud. Sorry. <laughs> You've been on at me for weeks and weeks and weeks to take you out somewhere. Please don't tell everyone. You said that we never do anything romantic. <laughs> so there's me, right? I arranged for us to go out and watch the real ladies darts team play Norwich in the quarterfinals of the Sillit Bang Trophy. <laughs> and you don't bloody show up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The ladies detracted from my, my purpose. I had to go home on my own. Dressed as a penguin. Were you an emperor penguin or were you a normal penguin? I was an emperor penguin. I don't mess about when I'm penguining. Oh, uh, you see, well, that would have been awkward because I was a normal penguin. So we would it would never have worked. Yeah, well, I took home a doner kebab and watched darts on the telly. How did you pick up a doner kebab with a, a wing or a flipper or whatever they have on there? Oh, it was, it was tricky. They had to tuck the plastic bag under my flipper. <laughs> And I did drop it a couple of times uh, on the bus on the way home. Did you dust it off? Did you do the three-second rule? Yeah, you did. You can blow off a kebab. <laughs> there's a show wow. title right okay. there. <laughs> okay. Three minutes in, and then yeah. we've got our show title. Brilliant. Yeah. Let's not beat about the bush. Do you watch darts? Um, no, I don't. I must say that I did go out. I dated a while, for a while a guy who did used to go to watch the darts at the Thorough. I say guy, he was a young man. This sounds like I was dating some hairy-backed old sort of lager-lout, but I wasn't. He was a young man, and I think for, for irony and banter, he used to go and, along to Thurrock and watch it with his mates. Um, we didn't last that long. Didn't get much past the third date. We didn't do double top? No. <laughs> well, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> do you play darts? <laughs> do you know what? I have actually played darts, and I'm so bad at it it's unbelievable my hand-to-eye coordination is not great so double tops for me <laughs> they're not my strong point um but um I must say that I have got in trouble with the ladies darts team before because they take it so seriously don't they and oh, I, yeah. I didn't understand what the problem is with darting underneath where they're going to throw it with a drink in my hand I don't understand the problem with that but no you can't do that you can't duck underneath the dartboard <laughs> with your three pints of well that's um, exactly of... what happened and I just... no Hofmeister follow the bear they were so angry. Well, they would be. You, you, you probably got a dart in your head. Well, they were more professional than that. I they were going for the bull. Do you? Do you? Um, do you play darts? 
No, can you imagine me playing darts? I'd be a complete... I was going to say... But I don't think you can say that that's anymore. A bit, that's a bit un-PC, yeah. No, I know. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, we can't be un-PC on this show because, you know, people expect Never. us to take the moral high ground. Exactly. Um, what about pool? I like a game of pool. I've got to be honest. I do like a game of pool, actually. Yeah. 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 I can imagine you being at home on the hockey, though. On the what? On the hockey. What's the hockey? That's where you stand to play darts, you muppet. Oh, okay. So, sorry if I don't know the darts <laughs> terminology. God, silly me. Do you like a little bit of bully? <laughs> um, yes. I don't know what the right answer is to that. Why can you imagine me on an hockey? Have I got that butch sense sensibility about me? No, no. It's, it's being a northerner. I a bloody just think, northerner. You come from Northumberland. Okay, I was born in Northumberland. My mum is as south as you can get. <sighs> and, um, yeah, my dad's northern, but we gloss over that bit. I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm a Heinz 57. I'm in all sorts. I thought that being from up north, originally at least, you would have had a little bit of darts in your DNA. No. My dad used to, my dad's more of like a kind of proper northerner. He does like whippet racing and stuff like that. And he has a flat cap. You sound like you're more of a Saturday afternoon down the wrestling kind of person. Yeah. I love, I love a bit of women's wrestling. Women's wrestling. (laughs) Tell me about the women's wrestling. (laughs) There's just something freeing about it, isn't there? Watching women wrestle. I've never watched women wrestle, to <laughs> <Don't>. be honest. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Don't give me that. You need to be a little bit more honest with yourself. Do you um? Do you like a, a little bit of Kendo Nagasaki? Yeah, I do. We're not talking about, um, you know, Japanese wine here. Oh, oh, okay. No, no, and I know that you... Oh, God, you think that you have a bit to go with your sushi, but that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> What's Kendo Nagasaki? Kendo Nagasaki was a famous wrestler in the 70s. Do you know nothing? I don't know. I wasn't even born then. I've got to be honest. I'm just so young. don't know anything. I'm like an embryo. What about Giant Haystacks? I I recall his name. He was my uncle. You're joking. That is a joke, isn't it? Yeah, we called him Uncle Haystacks. No, you didn't. I hate it when you do this. You always do this to me. You are... <laughs> do you know who I do remember my gran talking about? My gran loved wrestling. Um, was Big Daddy. Big Daddy Shirley Crabtree. Is that his real name? It was his real name, yeah. Gosh. Who and... knew? Well, you knew. Well, I knew, obviously. Yeah. Uncle Haystacks, his real name was Martin Ruane, which is a bit less Haystacksy. But yeah, well, yeah, we. He used to be. Uh, he used to be a big man in the family, Uncle Haystacks. <laughs> Really? You, know, you can imagine weddings and bar mitzvahs and things like that that you know that we had, and uh, yeah, he was he was a big draw. Did he used to carry you on his shoulders, all of you? About six of us, yeah. yeah. Six of my brothers and sisters. He could <laughs> scoop us up. Oh, that's lovely! What a lovely image. Yeah, he was a hairy guy, but but we didn't mind that. I must say, actually, now we come to talk about it, there has been a lot of wrestling in my life because my my gran used to love wrestling, so we'd watch that when I was little, and we. When I and she babysat me, but also a friend of my parents who um, used to babysit me. I was babysat a lot. This is this is terrible. Do you have a sense of abandonment? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I never realised till this moment. Um, they were really into WWF. Ooh, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah, but she, that's not wrestling. It's role play, wasn't it? It's it's not. It's cosplay. It's not. 
it's it's about as authentic wrestling as you and me standing in a couple of penguin costumes. Wrestling. <laughs> wrestling. Now there's an image. Kebab in hand. No, do, no, Donny Kebab. No, WWF's not proper wrestling. Saturday afternoon British wrestling. Now that used to be the thing. See, see I can't remember it. I've got to be honest. I remember names we mentioned, but I can't remember watching it. Do they actually properly wrestle? They did back then. I mean, there was an element of showmanship to it, but no, there were, there were proper wrestling bouts and there used to be, you know, a lot of grudge matches. Um, Kendo Nagasaki and Big Daddy. Really? Yeah, there was this real rivalry between them too. So, yeah, no, it was proper wrestling, not your fake WWF nonsense. Oh, well, that's me told. Yeah. What about Mick McManus? Were you a big fan? I have no idea who that is. Uh, Mark Rollerball Rocco? No. Oh, I see. You know nothing. I'm going to send you on a mission. Oh, great. So that next time you come back on this show, I want you to be an expert in uh, in British wrestling. I'll look forward to that. Yeah, you should. What's your sport? Do you play sport? I don't want to tell you because you're going to take the piss out of me. Is it hockey? No, it's much posher than that. Go on. Polo, as in on horses, not as really? in the Really? Really? As in Prince Charles? Yeah. I'm really horsey. I grew up doing eventing and showing and stuff. Wow. I found polo later in life. I reckon it's a bit roughy-tufty, though, polo. It is. It's really hard. Yeah. The horses are amazing as well. And, um... And it's fun. And everyone thinks it's a really elitist sport. And of course it is at like Prince Charles level, sport of kings. But actually, at a a normal person's level, it's really good fun. Lots of different people do it. I suppose the barrier to entry is that you've got to have a horse. No, you haven't. Oh, really? That's the thing that people don't understand. I mean, polo ponies, you can't just have one polo pony. You have to have a team if you're going to do it seriously. And they're they're probably £40,000 a pony from Argentina. But what you can do is you can join a polo club and you can go along and play on their ponies because they always have a whole load of ponies. And polo clubs, because they're kind of wanting to drop this elitist aura they have around them, they're really encouraging people to come along, even if you've never ridden before, to come along, learn to do it and play. It's really, really good. It's really fun. I would just be so hopeless at it. You probably wouldn't. Because no, I would. you don't have to ride. And the thing is, because I've ridden all of my life, I found it slightly harder than people who haven't ridden because... You give up, you, you unlearn everything you've ever learned to play polo because the horses are machines. They're just unbelievable. And so you just let them do their thing and you just move your hands in various ways. A bit like literally like playing on a computer and just moving your hand about. Um, so you have to, whereas I kept trying to ride them like I would a normal horse. So that is kind of what I'm into. Wow. But not a lot lately because of, I, I've been busy, so busy and stuff. What's your sport anyway? I don't know. Weightlifting. Really? Yeah. Is that because of giant haystacks? It's that kind of strange thing. <laughs> Runs in the family. He wasn't really my uncle. Oh, you're joking. No, he I'm wasn't. Going. You're just so gullible. You're just so gullible. I can't stand these lies. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you never showed up last night, it isn't was, it? It was, yeah. Just can't you... stand these endless lies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Now, there's plenty to be going on with this week, and... As it's the start of Geek Mental Help Week this week, uh, Monday, because that's when the show's going out, I thought, it, who better to talk about it with than the person who sparked the idea in the first place, Mental which is you, person. by the way. <laughs> oh, right, me, okay. Which is you. It's you, by the way, Liz Elko. Oh, that's quite nice of you to say. Thank you. Wrestling fanatic. <laughs> who knew? Um, yeah, who did know? <laughs> oh, dear. So it was 
your idea, really, in the first place? Well, it was not really my idea, but um, it was kind of a coming together of minds. I think that um, I was interviewing Chris Murphy for for the freelance web, the weekly podcast for freelancers working on the web. I, I sort of had in the back of my mind that it'd be quite good to maybe do something like this because I've had... I've spoken quite openly about suffering with depression in the past. I had a lot of reaction to that, a really good reaction. Actually quite a frighteningly large reaction. And um, that sort of played around in my mind for a while, thinking maybe we should actually address it properly. And I know that Dare did that to some extent the year before last. Um, But that was also, that was more about talking about things that scared you. So it was, people did talk about depression and other things as well. So that was kind of, and I mentioned it to Chris and Chris sort of said, yeah, I'd be on board to do something like that. So... But then, you know, I kind of talk about it and I never really get on with it, but you're the man who made it happen. I said to you that I would be happy to help with any organisation or, you know, we've organised events in the past, not big ones, but we've done stuff in the past. And I said, well, you know, we'd be happy to, to help out. And then it kind of went on from there, didn't it? <laughs> well, then I kind of left it for you to organise <laughs> <laughs> due to various <laughs> things happening in my life and... Uh, yeah, and you've done a wonderful job of actually getting on with it. Well, the thing was, was that we, and I've mentioned this before, we were going to be thinking about doing a, a full day event, probably uh, attached to the WebIS conference. And then we heard from Richard and David at Milton Keynes Geek Night that they were planning something similar. So rather than do competing events or you know anything that might clash time-wise, etc. We just thought, well, listen, why don't we just do something as part of one week? And as well as that, let's open the conversation out to podcasts and blogs and magazines and whatever. And then we'll just bring everything together in one place on one website with one hashtag um, throughout, you know, a week in October. And that's essentially it. You know, that's where it came from. We've had a, a lot of support, haven't we? It's been fabulous, actually, and I've been really overwhelmed by it. People have been sending me articles that, they th- that they've said, well, you know, I've written something and I'd like you to read it, but I'm not sure whether I want to publish it, you know, but will you take a look? You know, people sending me, you know, some really quite personal yeah. experiences, which isn't always easy to, I totally to sit and read. I agree with you. When I when I sort of spoken about it before, I had that, and people have told me really quite terrifying stories and you sort of say I don't really know I'm not equipped to deal with this um no and maybe you really do need to actually speak to a professional because and also some horrendous cases of sort of bullying in the workplace that have left left people to feel led people to feel sort of almost suicidal and stuff and you think well I don't know what to tell you about that apart from get out (laughs) but it's not that easy is it I had one guy I spoke with um I forget who I was talking to now on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And I was talking about depersonalization disorder. And I had an email from one guy that said, listen, I didn't know that this thing even had a name, but this is exactly how I've been feeling. Yeah. I had an email from another person to say, this is exactly how I feel. You know, I've never felt very happy. Even when I got married, you know, it was just kind of an okay day. Yeah. I've never felt really down. I've just been living my life through this kind of field of cotton wool that's cushioned me from everything and you know you get emails like that and you think what am I going to do with this and it took me a couple of days actually to reply to to both of those people because you know I really I didn't want to I didn't want to say the wrong thing no you take on some certain amount of responsibility then don't you 
but you know, I'm not an expert in these things apart from being a complete muppet most of the time. <laughs> so that's been interesting. You know, I mean, I'm used to being the guy that people send their CSS questions to. <laughs> not their <laughs> mental mental health questions too. No. So I'm very glad that people thought that they could trust me with uh, with some of that confidential stuff. Because, I think it's uh, just I think it's a relief, a release and a relief for people just to go, oh, there's someone I can actually say this to because a lot of people feel that they don't have anyone in their lives that they can actually mention this to. It's such a taboo subject, such a stigma attached to it. Yeah, there is. And also, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit later on, but there's also a degree, not of not of stigma necessarily, but of the fact that sometimes you just don't want to burden things. You don't yeah, want to burden totally. people. Yeah. And, you know, you might have somebody that's being there for you who is incredibly supportive. I mean, they can't do any more. And, you know, you don't want to say, oh, well, I'm feeling a bit down. Yeah. Also, because... Because, you know, what else are you going to give them? You know, you're going to give them something else that they're going to have to shoulder the burden of. Yeah. Um, so to have somebody out there on the internet that, that you can just yeah. write to. I think the thing that I've found is that I don't actually want to worry people. Um, even very recently, I've thought, I feel really quite worryingly down at the moment. You know, I really actually, I just want to say to someone, I feel really down. I thought, I can't phone mum because she'll worry herself sick. She lives 70 miles away from me. I can't find my sister because, you know, she's endlessly supportive in lots of other ways. I think people just don't want to worry people. No, I think that's absolutely true. You're getting to a point where you're really in a really bad way. You do actually need to worry people. They'd want you to. I've also had a couple of people that, let's say I haven't got on very well with in the past. Really? Let's just leave that one there. I find that hard to believe. Yeah, no, there are people out there that, you know, they don't get on. They don't get on with me. But I've actually had a couple of people that have actually called on the phone and emailed me with offers of support for this week. Wow. Which I think is possibly one of the, the best outcomes for the whole week, really. Yeah, definitely. So that's been amazing. Bringing people together. So I'd like to talk about some of the things that are coming up this week and some of the articles that we've already published on the website. And then later on, I thought we could talk specifically about some mental health challenges and some questions that I've got, not our own personal experiences. Yeah. I'm sure people are very bored with that by now, but some sort of wider issues. Yeah. But before we do that, can I take a moment to thank our first sponsor? Is that a yes? Oh, sorry. Was I supposed to? Oh, yes. Go yes. for it. Please do. Because it's Perch. It's Perch Runway. And today I've got something new to tell you about Perch, which is Perch Runway, a new version of Perch that they say has been reimagined for larger and more complex sites. So we all love Perch, but sometimes there are times where we feel that another CMS might be more suited to a larger or more complex site. Well, now you don't need to look elsewhere. Oh, no, you can use Perch Runway because it's perfect for projects that you'd think would be too big for Perch, or maybe as an upgrade path when a successful Perch site grows up. Speaking of upgrades, everything that you've learned about developing with Perch, like all your knowledge of templates and even custom apps that you've developed that will work with Perch, they're going to work with Perch and Perch Runway. So here's some things that Perch Runway is brilliant at. You can store your images and your files in the cloud 
as Perch Runway supports Amazon S3 and Rackspace Cloud Files OpenStack. You can even move resource buckets into cloud storage and serve those assets via a CDN like CloudFront. That sounds really clever, but I've actually got no clue what it means. <laughs> Back up to Dropbox or your cloud storage. Perch Runway has integral, scheduled, automated backup that supports not only backing up to a selected cloud bucket, but also to Dropbox. So you can relax knowing that your latest database and assets are all accessible from your Dropbox account. I'm going to be using the hell out of that. That's actually quite exciting. It's very good. Then there's collections of non-page content, things like products, job listings, real estate listings, and so on. This is content that might be used around the site in different ways rather than on a specific template. And there's a lot more. Perch Runway launched last week, and I, I mean, I was bowled over by the price. £189 plus VAT per site. I would have paid a lot more than that. Much, much more than that. It's a bargain, £189. Plus, there's a launch offer price this week. It's £126 plus VAT. And you know what? You would be a moron not to buy a license to see what Perch Runway is all about. So go to unfinished.bz slash grab a perch and support a fabulous British software company that's making a brilliant product. Can you call your listeners morons? Don't need any law against that. Call them what you like. I called them worse. Well, no doubt about that. So let's do some updates to Geek Mental Help Week. The website is already up taking submissions and pull requests. So uh, Hayden Pickering, he's the lovely fella that put the website together. Yeah, it's looking good. I put together a quick, uh, a quick sketch document with the content and uh, Hayden's done everything else, including getting all the GitHub stuff sorted up. If you want to add something, do a pull request or get your content on the website. I like the little brain at the top. Yeah, no, that's all Hayden. That's cool. That's all Hayden, this little animated SVG brain. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's up at geekmentalhelp.com. If you don't want to or you don't know how to do a pull request because you're not a kind of a git person like me, all you need to do is you need to send a tweet to at geekmentalhelp and then share everything with the hashtag geekmentalhelp and then we'll just do it for you. I'm not a git like you, so um, I'll, I'll just do that. That's why you didn't show up on, on last night, wasn't it? <laughs> that would make me a git, though, wouldn't it? So we'll be updating the site a few times a day all of next week. So please write and share any experiences, whether you suffer from or you're affected by, or maybe if you support people that suffer from mental health issues, that's another side that of the story. That is a really that... good point, actually. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Or you're with, yeah, you're with somebody. Yes. Or you're parents had issues that's really good yeah i mean that's one of the things i know that you are talking to uh really annette baker yeah on um um oh god the name escapes me oh <laughs> freelance web <laughs> you're funny you're funny <laughs> and one of the things that i remember <laughs> Sorry. One of the things that I remember from Relly's writing about her experiences is how much how supportive her husband was I know. I know. through all, through all of her problems, and that's a good point. You know, it's it's about other people, not just people that suffer. It can be just as hard, if not harder, for the people who are dealing with it. I think. 
So we've got two events so far that are listed on the website. If you are hosting something or even if you're doing a conference talk or you're doing a small meetup or a side event or something like that, if you think it's worth pointing to, then let us know. We'll add it to the website. There's two right now. Uh, there's Geek Mental Help Night in Milton Keynes, which is happening Tuesday, October the 28th. And they've got some wonderful people who are contributing their time to speak and to share experiences. They've got Adam Onishi. Do you know him? I don't, no. No, me neither. He's talking about there's no such thing as work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandra Dartnell on Digital Spaghetti. Gavin Elliott from Up North. Up North? Yeah. All right. Newcastle. He's talking about invisible challenges. Uh, then we've got Dr. Cole Henley. Oh. Coping with depression experiences and strategies and a proper medical doctor. Doctor of psychodynamic counselling and psychotherapy. Dr. Claire Simons. That's brilliant. I know because I think it's really important that it's not just people in the industry talking about their experiences i think it's important that we do have a professional perspective on things as well yeah i totally agree yeah i'm definitely going to try and get to that i think are you going to get to milton Keynes? i think so i'm going to try yeah excellent excellent well tickets are available now from mentalhelp.mkgeeknight.co.uk so that's that it'll be good if you can go are you going uh, no, because I'm going to be on my way to Cardiff that day. At the Webbies in Cardiff, I'm going to be joined by some amazing people. And you. Yeah, hopefully. If you're there. Um, Cole Henley, he's going to be at Milton Keynes and he's coming to Cardiff talking about his issues. Uh, Relly Annette Baker, who I've wanted to talk to on this show for ages and you've got there first. She knows quality. Oh, you just had to twist the knife, didn't you? Really? <laughs> I'm sorry. Christopher Murphy, because you've had him on first too. He's one of my favourite people on earth. I love Chris so much. I am rubbish at podcasting. You're brilliant at podcasting. We're just we're just lucky with the couple of people you mentioned <laughs> there. <laughs> you just get in there first. And then Dr. Claire Simons again. And as I say, she's a lecturer in psychodynamic counselling and psychotherapy at the University of Leicester. And uh, what we're going to do is it's not going to be a, you know, a conference talk. It's basically going to be a chat show format. And I'll be bringing people on to sit on the couch with me and we'll just talk these things through. That should be good. And what I am hoping to do is I'm hoping that the audio from that talk, I have to talk to Craig about it, but I'm hoping that the audio from that session at the web is will be this show next week. Lazy. How am I supposed to, <laughs> how am I supposed to record one when I'm actually there on the thing? Well, this is going to be I thought you could possibly. do everything, but there we go. There's only so many hours in the day when you've got to watch wrestling. <laughs> that's true. So that's going to be good. If people have got other events that they know about or things that they're hosting, then let us know. Then there's some articles. Uh, I think Smashing Magazine and A List Apart and The Pastry Box are going to be running some mental health-related articles next week. And then we'll talk about some of our submissions to our site in a minute. Yeah. Podcasts. Because you and I know about a few of those. Yeah. I've heard from several people that they're going to be talking about mental health issues this week. So we'll put links to those in, on the site as well. And you're talking with Relly Annette Baker on... Next week. On your show. Yeah, at some point. I'm not quite sure when. But it will go out next week. Yeah, it will go out Friday. Perfect. Perfect end to the week. We're under strict instructions from Sean to not go over 30 minutes because I... 
am slightly known for talking quite a lot, and I think Relly is as well. So, yeah, he's like, you must bring it in in 30 minutes. So there's no hope of that happening, I've got to be honest. But you've been doing shows with him that went much longer than that. That's why he's threatening me. Because he's not going to have time to do much um, sorting out of it in the amount of time we've got. So he's like, you've, you've got to try and <laughs> keep rein it in a bit. I was like, okay, Sean. Well, you're the boss. You can just tell him what to do. Well, at least I'm back on the show now. I'd been relegated. I was on the bench for a while. You were on the bench, the wrestling bench. Yeah, I was on the wrestling bench. You were in his corner. Is that where you were? Yeah. You were responsible for the buckets. <laughs> yeah. You were responsible for the bucket and the sponge. I had to sponge him down while he went back into the ring and, you know, had his... I know this isn't an image that you want to have in your head, but can you imagine Sean in a wrestling singlet? I don't have to imagine it. I've seen it. A one-piece wrestling costume? I've seen him in a wetsuit. Let's leave that one there. It was weirdly arousing. So let's talk <laughs> about Man We Need Help. Let's talk about some of the articles that have been posted up to the site so far. I mean, there have, there have been some really, really good ones. I want to talk about a couple. Amber Weinberg, who lives in Nashville now, country music capital. Yeah. If you like a bit of Blake Shelton, that's the place to go. They eat a lot of meat in Nashville, don't they? Do you like a bit of country music? Quickly say a bit of meat. No. Let's leave that one there. So she wrote this post about fighting with anxiety and particularly in the way that it's affected her freelancing and relationships and overall health. And uh, I'll put these links in the show notes, but they are linked to on the website too. It's absolutely brilliant article she wrote, I thought. I really liked it. I did. I really, really liked it. And the fact that generally speaking, I think anyway, having you know talked to her a few times, that you get the impression that she is a very confident person. Yes. And yet to know that there is this kind of, you know, undercurrent of anxiety that that kind of manifests itself in different ways, you think, wow, I wouldn't have expected that. Totally agree. I relate very, very much to everything she said. I mean, the thing that I liked particularly, she's talking at the bottom of this article about the best pieces of advice for dealing with mental health issues. One, she says, find someone else who's dealing with the same and talk to them. Well, hopefully that's what this week is going to help people do. I think that's so true. I, I was listening to Radio 4 the other day, don't say anything, and there was a guy on there and they were talking about loneliness. And I feel like I've suffered with loneliness for large parts of my life, even from a very small child. But I've never heard anyone say that before. And he, she said to him, when did you first feel lonely? And, and he said, when I was about three. And I was at playgroup and I realised that I was... I just wasn't interacting with these, you know, I wasn't part of their group. Oh, that was like a light bulb going on for me. I was like, oh, well, that feels so familiar. And that's what, as you say, that's what this week's going to be about. It's about finding other people who perhaps you can relate to. I mean, she said here, it's an incredible feeling when you realise that you're not alone in how you're feeling. Mm. Number two, she says here, find a hobby that you can take with you. For me, it's my knitting. Well, it's not knitting for me. <laughs> not knitting for me either I'm completely useless but I like the idea of being able to do something that as you said stops the panic thoughts calms the mind I don't really have much of a much of a hobby you know I don't sit and sketch which I should do no so that's definitely something which I think is really really good advice and then she says here number three get help you can't always fix things on your own and there's no shame in getting help well again I think that's what this week is all about the other article that really struck a chord actually i mean there's, there's been there's been a few and they're all good was this article called baby steps by petra gregorova yeah and this was actually one of the 
one person's experience that really made me want to do something for this week. Because after our initial conversations, you know, you just kind of let things lie a little bit. And then when Chloe Wiles' suicide affected, you know, lots of our friends really, really deeply, Petra in particular, and if, if you haven't met her, she's a you know, wonderful, wonderful person. It really made me think, wow, there's a problem that we should be talking about. And then last week she published her experiences in this article. You know, one of the things that she said here, which I thought was really, really interesting, she was talking about her itinerary. She, she travels a lot. You know, she's always buzzing around. You know, you, you, you see her at conferences and things. And then she says, you know, my itinerary was quite a busy one. And the whole time I was surrounded by many friends who I don't get to see all that often, which kept me busy, I guess. You may be asking yourself, busy from what? Busy from paying attention to myself. And I thought, do you know what? That's a really good point because sometimes you think paying attention to yourself is being selfish, mm. taking a spa day or just looking after yourself or putting yourself first sometimes, not saying yes to everything. That can just so often get forgotten. You know, it is okay to say, no, I'm afraid I can't do that or I don't want to do that. I need to look after myself this time. Doing that can actually be quite hard. Definitely. It is an excellent piece. No, it really, really, really is wonderful. And she talks about um, her experiences with getting started with therapy as well, which is something that I did a year or two ago. And mm. it was a wonderful experience. It was hard. And I started off feeling really, really self-conscious, you know, not being able to kind of really commit to it. But by the end, I think it did me a lot of good. Yeah. I've not tried therapy. I've tried everything now. Actually, no, I did try therapy when I was a lot younger. I, I just didn't... I think the lady, she was lovely, but it didn't really work. It didn't really work with her, but it's not saying I'm writing it off altogether. It just wasn't quite right for me at the time. Well, I think that you have to find the right person. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I think that they have to understand. You know, when I went into it, the things that I told her I thought were the problems turned out really not to be in the conversation changed over the year for me it was like a real kind of unblocking in a way it was like the cork coming out and sometimes you would you know, you'd, you'd do therapy sessions and you think well that was fine nothing happened there you know and you'd come home and you'd say you know well yeah that was fine it was a good hour yeah and then but in the background something's obviously happening and there'd be occasions sometimes where I'd be doing something completely different. I'd be driving down the road, you know, on the way to a meeting or, you know, be the weekend or something. And all of a sudden it's burst into tears. Yeah. And you think, where the hell did that come from? And it's almost as if, you know, something's been kind of a bit like the washing machine. You know, it's been kind of churning away in the background and all of a sudden, you know, the great clump of sock that's been blocking the pipe just pings out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That was a terrible analogy. It was really bad. Actually. It was. Yeah. But I know what you mean. I think that Petra's article is really, really worth a read. It's long, as a lot of these things are. So there's no kind of too long didn't read in any of this. I think you just have to sit down and, and commit to, to taking a little bit of time. So that was a good one. Was there, was there one on the site that springs to mind? Um... I thought Luke Jones' article, he called it Mind, which was his, as he says, unfiltered story about experiences with depression. I think that was also a good one. And so many people, so many people that you kind of come across in the industry that you would think that you see at an event or, you know, you meet in the pub or, you, have, you know, you, you see their kind of filtered, upbeat public persona on Twitter. 
And you think, well, there's nothing wrong with them. Mm. You know, they've got nothing to worry about. Almost sometimes slightly envious yeah. of, uh, of, of what you think people have got going on. And then, you know, read something like this and you think, wow, you know, I didn't ever expect that. I relate to a lot of what he's saying in there, actually. <laughs> that whole just feeling empty and not really feeling anything. That's a really tough one, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, like you say, you just... Well, I think from the first time I ever wrote about depression, the people who've come forward was such a surprise for me. That's always been the the one, the, the thing that surprised me the most because we create these online personas in our industry. Well, not just in our industry, in every industry because it's your job and it's how you market yourself. And actually underneath are lots of vulnerable people. That was one of the biggest surprises for me, I think. Yeah, and and I think, it's just, it's just changing, winding the clock back a little bit. Something, I mean, years and years and years ago, I went to the doctor and got diagnosed as, you know, with depression. And he gave me, I don't know, whatever SSRIs that you're supposed to get. Yeah. It wasn't Prozac, it was something else. And didn't do me any good at all. I mean, I think I probably felt better in the very short term, yeah. but it didn't make me feel any better in the long term. It wasn't until I started doing the therapy and I read about depersonalization that I thought, this is a thing. You know, this, this is, this is something that's exactly how, how I feel. And then reading Luke's article here, you know, he says, you know, I felt empty, not sad or happy, just empty. You know, yeah. you feel nothing. And I think actually, maybe more people suffer from something like depersonalization than actually what we would call clinical depression. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a professional. No, I think you're right. I think you're completely right. That sort of, I mean, there's been times when I've thought something really get bad could happen and I don't know what, what, how I'd feel about that if I'd feel anything. You know what I mean? It's, I think that is quite a more common, but it's sort of something that's really feels like a real dark and dirty secret, I think. Whether other people feel that as well, because you don't want to admit to feeling nothing. I, mean, I, I know that my issues came from, I suppose, a form of trauma. You know, back when I was a kid with, with my dad and everything. And we don't want to go over that again. But you feel as if you, as if nothing's touching you. You know, all of these things can be happening around, and and you're just in. Literally, it's it's uh, Don Draper says in Mad Men, scratching at my life, trying to get into it. It's like you're watching, you're watching your life as if it's a film going on around you. And sometimes you would have uh, weird experiences where you can't remember how you got somewhere. Yeah, that's happened to me lots. And you, you all of a sudden think, what am I doing here? Mm. And that didn't happen to me very regularly, but it, it happened to me occasionally. And I, and I know that it happens to other people. And that's much more of a kind of a depersonalization issue than it is a depression issue, I think. I think you're right. I think talking about antidepressants as well the thing that i found with taking an antidepressant was it took away like the sad the immediate heart breaking sadness that i felt but it actually took away everything else took away all the happiness took away everything i was like a shell when i was on antidepressants and i had no feelings at all and that was exact you know that almost exacerbated the problem I didn't have this terrible sadness, but I didn't have anything else at all either. I didn't have any happiness. Yeah, I, I didn't have that experience. Uh, the last time I took them, I did realise how much of, a, of an effect they were having, actually. I was in California, and I'd 
you have to take these things quite regularly. And I was on a 50 milligram a day dose of, of this stuff, which is pretty high, I think. Yeah. And I'd flown and the time zone difference and I'd not taken something and not taken my dose. And then I get up the next morning and I, you know, I, I don't take the dose and, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place, time zone wise, completely disorganized. And I get up the following morning, take a 50 milligram tablet, do what I always did, which is to like make a cup of coffee, stand at the doorway and have a cigarette. So I'm literally dosed with nicotine and caffeine <laughs> as like the first thing. I've not eaten anything else. And literally that combination of nicotine and caffeine and the hit of that particular drug, I collapsed on the bathroom floor. Oh my God. I was literally out didn't wake up for an entire day. Bloody hell. Completely missed my appointment and uh, and everything that I was supposed to do that day. And I thought to myself, do you know what? This stuff's bad. You can't play around with that stuff. I mean, I must say, when I came off the last one, I hadn't done my research into coming off it. And I just was, it was just like, I'm coming off this. I can't stand it for another minute. Um, and I stopped taking it. And I was, the dizziness that I felt, I couldn't stand or walk or anything. So I had to go back on it and come off it over a period of like four months, basically, just gradually reducing the dose. That stuff is so serious stuff. It's frightening. It is. It's really, really a very serious decision, I think, to go on these things. I also think that due to doctors, um, awful pressures that they're under a lot of the time at the moment, I do think they'd hand them out quite freely as well. Well, this is something that I'm hoping to talk to Dr. Claire Simons about when we do our conversation next week. Yeah. And I'm sure it's probably something that comes up when she talks to uh, the people at Milton Keynes Geek Night as well. Yeah. So there's some other good articles on the site already. Uh, Sebastian Green, he's talking about, should I get checked? Because his father was diagnosed with Alzheimer's 10 years ago and, you know, he wrestles with that. Yeah. Phil Stringfellow wrote a really, really good post about self-harm, which is uncomfortable. Yeah. But again, well, well worth the read. And I'm sure that over the course of next week, we'll see a lot more good stuff coming out. I hope so. Because it's a vast subject, isn't it? It's not as easy as it just being depression. It's a, I mean, it covers a huge... It's the mind, isn't it? It's all the yeah. crazy things that go on in your mind. And I get, you know, I'm well out of my depth with most things. Um, you know, I know about my little corner of the world, but reading other people's experiences is uh, is moving and challenging and inspiring sometimes as yeah. well. Let me do another sponsor because our next sponsor is Hover. And I'm really, really pleased to have them sponsoring the show because they really are the best way to buy and manage your domain names. And I know that because when I started using Hover, I just like the experience so much that I just recommend them to all my clients now. Because as a designer and someone who runs a small business, I don't want to be dealing with things that distract me from what I do best or make me money. You know, something like buying a domain name and managing domain names should be simple. And I don't need unnecessary complications. I just want the process to be as smooth and as simple as it can be. And I want help quickly when I've got a question or a problem. You know, many domain registrars, they try to squeeze every last penny out of you. If you've registered a domain name recently through a bunch of these people, you know, there's hundreds of screens where you have to turn off all these checkboxes to make sure that you don't sign up for things like hosted email. You know, I'll give you an example. Years ago, we registered a, um, a handful of domain names with a company in the UK. Now we want to get US privacy, uh, we want to get who is privacy on them. Turns out they want to charge me. They want to charge me for 
who is privacy on all of those domains. And when I decided I wanted to move them elsewhere, they want to charge me a fee to move them to another company that don't. I really hate that. But Hover, Hover's different. With them, you get who is privacy included for free on every domain that supports it. And when I asked Hover for support, a real live person gets back to me immediately with information about moving my domains. And that's something else I love about Hover. They take all the hassle and the friction out of registering and managing a domain. And they even offer a valet transfer service to make it as easy as possible for you to move your domains. You just give them the login details to the control panels of all your other registrars and they'll do the work for you. They'll move them all to Hover. And there's no charge. They just take care of it. There's so much more I could say about Hover and why I like using them. I think you're going to really enjoy using Hover yourself, so you should give them a try. Go to unfinished.bz slash hover and just start using Hover. So aside from what's going on this coming week, I thought it might be interesting to talk a little bit about mental health issues in relation to our industry. And the question that I've got really, one that I think we've been pondering for a while, which is, does our industry, creative or technical industries, does that attract people that have got mental health issues or, horrifyingly, does it cause them or does it contribute to them? I personally think it's both. I think that, I mean, if you look back through history, creative people, I guess, in this respect, designers and stuff, um, they have always had mental health issues. Gwen Stefani, did you know Gwen Stefani? She's got mental health issues. I don't even know who Gwen Stefani oh, is. For God's sake. She's out of um, No Doubt. The band from, from the 90s. I grew up listening to No Doubt. No, I gave up listening to music at the uh, at the end of the 70s, oh, to be okay. honest. Okay, well, that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, lots, lots and lots and lots of people have had mental health issues. And um, I think that's a creative thing. But I do think as well that um, if you suffer with social anxiety and a lot of the developers I've worked with do, and that sounds awful, but they do, then this is a, a sort of excellent industry to get into because you can do a extremely well-paid job without actually having to interact with people. And there's not very many industries you can do that in. No, that's very true. I think that it attracts people and also exacerbates problems as well. Uh, I find I suffer with terrible isolation doing what I do and uh, without a doubt this job, you know, exacerbates it horribly. I heard on, um, um, oh God, what's it called? Oh, the freelance web the other day, that you were thinking about going and uh, trying to find a place where you could work for a few days a week. Yeah, no, I've been looking to find a company or companies to work with several days a week just to be part of a team again, which actually was your suggestion, I think, after I spoke to you one time. Um, and I've spoken to a couple of people. And there's sort of potential there, but, um, it's you know, economic downturn has made people slightly more cautious about committing to working with someone regularly I think um and kind of distance wise as well there's not a lot of places around where I work that I'd want to work with on a regular basis in sort of Norfolk and Norwich um so but it's just about keeping an eye out but I think that would probably be a solution if I can find the right place just because I want to be with people I think it really helps. I mean, I've enjoyed, even over the last sort of, you know, less than a month since we've been in the office, not that it's 
you know, not that there's more of us in the office, but the fact that we, we walk into this building and you say hi to the people that are on reception and there are people that in other offices that you can say hello to in the kitchen. Yeah. It's just nice actually sometimes to be around people. I completely agree. I mean, I have days where I just, just, it's, I see me, <laughs> obviously, and, um, I'm my daughter and that's, that's basically it. And that can be a week long. Actually going, walking in the park and stuff's quite good with a dog because people tend to chat to people and stuff. But yeah, I think, it, I think it's really good to get away from home and be somewhere else. I always, I, if I feel really down, I woke up yesterday morning feeling not great and not, not in a good place. And I thought, right, I just have to get out of the house, even if it's going and just walking into town and having a coffee or something, because just getting outside and get it. Also, I find getting a bit of sunlight on, on me or a bit of sky on me and fresh air does, does make a difference. I think just being in one place is very disruptive. That was going to be my next question really, which is does our working environment exacerbate problems and i think it does actually for a lot of a lot of people yeah i mean there's a couple of things that affect me i think apart from just not having people around past one is sunlight yeah and i do really really suffer particularly in the winter i'm sure it's not any different to anywhere else but up here you tend to get the cloud cover coming over in october and actually to be honest today is a really nice day but you tend to get the cloud cover come coming over in about October and it doesn't lift until March. Yeah. And North Wales is like living in a nuclear winter. <laughs> yeah. Which is why we've been to Australia so many times in the winter because, you know, you land and you, you turn up in Perth and the sun is shining and immediately you feel better. You can cope with everything so much more when the sun's shining. Makes you feel so much more positive. The other thing I think, and this is me, compulsive or obsessive behavior i suppose is checking things the whole time you know if you, if you think about checking instagram checking twitter checking oh, Dink yeah. for rss feeds checking this i i like to feel like i'm on top of things i like to feel like I, there's nothing left unread and that can turn into like a really obsessive thing where literally you can sit down at a computer and start doing that and an hour goes by and you think Wow, where did that go? I totally agree, yeah. I do that with my phone. And actually to leave my phone at home is just a massive liberation for me. It just I, I check Twitter, Instagram, email, Twitter, Instagram, email, Twitter, Instagram, email. And you just go through a loop. Well, one of the things that I did, and I've talked about this before, but I actually turned off email notifications on my phone. Yeah. So I don't see the little red dot come up. I don't, I don't have it pushed to the, uh, to the phone which means that supposedly I'm supposed to check it, you know, once or twice a day. Well, the other day I'd done my usual kind of, you know, I'd woken up in the morning, I'd done my usual check-in of Twitter messages and a few other things. And it got to two o'clock in the afternoon after I'd gone to work and I thought, you know what, I haven't checked email. <laughs> I'd completely forgotten about it. Which is good. Which was really good. Having a quieter mind, I think, is really trained. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Not have so many busy things niggling at me. One thing I've been pondering is whether some people's disposition is just not to be happy. Um, you know, and it's not a case of that they're terribly depressed. They're just not happy people. Um, or whether that is depression. That would be another interesting thing to talk to with the doctor. I think I'm, my predisposition is not a jolly one. Um, 
and whether I was thinking, should I just embrace the non-jolly person? Well, no, I don't think that you should. I suppose the last question then really is, what are we hoping to get out of this week? What What do we want the outcomes to be? Well, that's a really good question because I've, when I was thinking about doing this before I ever spoke to you, I thought, well, what, what can you do, Liz? What, how is that actually going to help anyone? I think that what I would like to do is, A, make people feel that it's not a taboo subject, it's not, there's no stigma attached to it, and that a vast amount of people in the world suffer with it. Also to break those taboos by talking about it and to make people feel that they're not alone and maybe give them the the tools they need to get help and feel better. That was what I wanted to get out of it, really. I think that making people more aware um, and actually using what we're good at. You know, we all build communication tools or design communication tools every day of the week. So we should be able to design something or build something which is going to make these sharing of experiences easier, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know that people worry about talking about it because they're worried that it will stop them getting work, maybe, if clients find out. Um, and I totally understand that. But I think the more that we talk about it, the less and the more it's voiced in an intelligent way the less, well, hopefully more, we're, we're then raising awareness to clients as well and to employers as well as to people they employ about these things. And maybe that will make it less of an issue when people are looking at you. I mean, I remember my sister, She she's an architect, and she said to me, and I think it was because she didn't want to talk to me directly about it, but she said to me, there's a there's a lad at um, work who's just been diagnosed with depression. He told the boss, and I just think you shouldn't talk about these things. You shouldn't come out with them. You can't, you'll lose your job. And I think it's because I just written an article recently about, at the time, about having depression. I think it was her way of saying, be careful, be careful. And I just thought, well, actually, that, that lad shouldn't suffer in silence. His employer should not sack him or think less of him for being honest with it. And I think actually the more we stand up and talk about it, the more educated people are. Well, here's the thing. I don't think that anybody wants to be or should be defined by it, right? I don't want to be ever, you know, the depersonalization guy, you know, don't want it. Not going to happen. I want to be the guy that, you know, is a troublemaker in CSS. That's, you know, that's what I want to be. I want to be remembered for. That's what I want my legacy to be. You know, written a couple of decent books about CSS and uh, knew how to have a laugh in the web industry. You know, I don't want to be the guy that's, you know, defined by a problem. And I don't think many other people will do too. And I think what can sometimes happen, if you talk about things occasionally, or, you know, it's, you're not ramming it down people's throats the whole time. People are packages and there's a lot more that we can talk about. Being able to talk about things and having some network, if you like, some support network where people are able to talk about things and share their experiences to socialise, you know, whether it's going to be kind of social events and not just work-based. And again, we were talking about this with, uh, with Benjamin Holway last week on the show. Just the fact that not every social event has to happen around a conference. You know, it can be Laura Cowbag's dog walk. Yeah. 
you know, it can be Ashley Baxter's photo walk around Glasgow or Nottingham or wherever. Yeah. You know, people getting together where you can just literally walk across the field and, and walk down the street and talk to people. Yeah, those things take the pressure off you as well because I do find conferences quite scary. And, you know, actually having to go up, sort of if you go on your own, they can be quite scary. Whereas I think things like meetups do take the pressure off you a bit. Dog walk. Walking's great. Walking and talking is great because you don't have to necessarily look at the person. It's not a full-on thing. You're just rambling. There's things to distract you. You know, and we know people that do. I know people that are, you know, huge walkers. Uh, Harry Roberts, for example, massive hiking guy. If, you know, I would I would go out for a 20-mile walk with him and, and a dozen other people, and you can just imagine the, the conversations that you would have. Yeah along the way or over your sandwiches or in the pub at lunchtime or something. Um, I think it would be a really good thing to start organising events where we just literally get together to to socialise. It costs nothing as well, really, does it, then, as well? You're not having to generate massive amounts of sponsorship or anything. You're just bringing some money for your lunch. Exactly. And I was thinking about maybe doing a photography weekend in Anglesey. You know, just one weekend, pick a weekend. If nobody shows up, then I'll go and take some photos. But if 10 people turn up, we'll, we'll, we'll go and walk around South Stacks and look at a fantastic sunset. Yeah. Those kind of things, I think, could be really important. So yeah. I th- hopefully this week will start hopefully making people think that it's better to step away from the computer and take care of themselves a little bit better. Yeah. The other thing which I think would be really important is to see whether we can develop some kind of better connection with a professional mental health charity or some form of professionals so that people who are suffering and don't know where to go can know where to go. It's worth a bit of research, actually, isn't it? And I'm not the person to reach out to Mind or any of these other charities because, you know, it's, it's not what I do. I'd really like for that to happen. Definitely. It's worth having a chat with people, I guess, and seeing if anyone knows of someone that could help. So that's it, really. This is going out Monday by the time people have listened to this. um, And hopefully we'll have a really good week of conversations and articles and discussions about this topic. And it will do some good. I hope so. It's very exciting to be actually getting it out there. Well, it's all down to you. <laughs> thanks. It's not. It's actually down to you getting getting on with it. But thank you very much. Well, it wouldn't have happened unless you'd have sparked the idea. Credit where credit's due. All right. Yeah. Get our penguin outfits on. Have a big hug, shall we? Penguin hug. What is it with the penguins? I don't know. You started it. No, you actually started it. You started it in a Twitter conversation the other night where you talked about your penguin outfit. Oh, yeah. Because we're going on a hot date. Then we bring it full circle. Obviously, I've got an obsession with penguins I didn't know about. This is something that perhaps we need to talk about, but on a very different podcast. (laughs) Definitely. Perhaps one that's not recorded. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) One that no one else can hear. Not broadcast to thousands of people. Thank you very much for spending your morning with me. You're welcome. I'm sorry about my uh, noisy dog and family in the background. Even if you didn't decide to spend your evening with me at the darts. Let it go now, please. Move on. So people can follow you, Liz, on Twitter. You are... <laughs> Liz underscore E. You love an underscore, don't you? I do, and I wanted you to say it this time. <laughs> Liz underscore E. Yeah, just for people that listen, you don't spell the word underscore out. It's just one of those little lines. Actually, you do. No, Liz, Liz, Liz 
U N D E R S C O R. I wish I'd I wish I'd chosen that now. Or me at Malarkey. Don't forget that you can follow at Geek Mental Help uh, this week too. It's help and as well, not health. Help. It is not health. It's help because of the positive spin. And there's the Geek Mental Help hashtag too, which we'll be tweeting out throughout the week. To ask questions and suggest topics for this show, you can message us on Twitter at unfinishedbz or email me, he has at unfinished.bz. Thanks to our sponsors this week. They were Hover and the fabulous new Perch Runway. As we always say, you can support our show by supporting them. Can you hear my dog drinking in the background? I did wonder what that was, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well. I didn't want to say anything because you know <laughs> your 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 personal life is your own. That's my sexual predator dog drinking in the background. She's getting her energy up for rogering puppies in the park later. <laughs> you do realise we're going to have to edit that out. Oh dear, we have limits on this show. <laughs> I've just gone over them. Can you just lie down? Oh, sorry, carry on. <laughs>